This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Live on Sirius XM Family Talk 131. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger. I am glad to have you with us. This show is designed, built exclusively for those of you who are putting yourself between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster. That could be somebody who is aging, somebody who is dealing with special needs, trauma, somebody who's dealing with a mental illness, somebody who is an alcoholic or an addict. Those are chronic impairments. Whatever the impairment, if there's a chronic impairment, there's a caregiver. How are you doing? This is a show for you, and we are glad that you're with us. 877-655-6755, 877-655-6755, if you want to be a part of the show. And um, we, we'd love to have you with us. We, we'll take whatever's on your mind. We, we have topics that we'll deal with. But if you've got something that is just pressing on you that you're struggling with or whatever, you know what? We'll bring everything to a screeching halt and deal with whatever's on your mind. Speaking of screeching halt, he is the Baron of the Board, the Sultan of Sound, the Earl of Engineering, the man who put the word care into, care to leave a tip, sir? He is John Butler, the Count of Mighty Disco, everyone. I do care to leave a tip. I mean, we're going to have the caregiver tip of the day later on. (laughs) That's a new one. So... Hey, there you go. I like it. I work, I like hey, it. Listen, so, I work on these things all week long for you. I just you I know. realize how much of your considerable mental abilities you devote towards this, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm truly grateful. Considerable mental abilities. Well, let's say no they're one remarkable. ever. <laughs> yeah, let's say, let's say they're remarkable in that I can remark on them all you want. You know. <laughs> oh well, John, are you feeling well? I am feeling fantastic. I uh, I was a little bit ill. Uh, in the in the way, in the days leading up to this, but uh, uh, the powers of uh, green tea and honey have have brought me back from the dead. Well, that's that's good because we have things to do here, John. <laughs> it's yeah, hard to do good. that with a dead co-host. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we well, get no, it, I'm, I'm we good. get it, John's. I don't know. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Uh, no, what's uh, it's it's been. It, it, we finally had a cold front come through Nashville. Um, it's it. I I hear it's quite chilly up there, but we we well, finally it, we've been in the nineties for the past two weeks. Solid. Well, here's July seventy first. Yeah, it is July seventy first, being a quadruple leap year. Um, I I um, uh, we're going to be nine degrees here Wednesday night. 
because you are, of course, I'm in, in Montana. Montana. Yeah, Ed, yeah. Ed is in Dallas. Ed, yes, sir. Stick your stick your snout in here. Yes, sir. <laughs> we just like to make sure you're with us, and people know that you're there, Ed. It's 97 well, degrees in Dallas. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, you poor fool. <laughs> well, when, when you guys are are nice and comfortable on Wednesday night, we'll be will be uh, cuddled at nine degrees so uh, and oy, snow. Oy, oy. So anyway, well, listen, uh, this is the show well, for the family. that's just a window oh, into how we do things here. I was just saying, yeah, that's, our, that's we, your window in what we're doing here. <laughs> we, we want, and, and we want you all to, to enjoy the show. This is your time. And John and I will um, uh, banter back about a lot of different things. But ultimately, everything we do here is for the family caregiver, just to give you a respite, just to give you a place where you can hang your hat and uh, catch your breath a little bit. Take a knee if you have to, and it's um, I, I speak fluent caregiver here, and there's 65 million people out there putting themselves between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster every day in this country. We're interested in helping you stay strong and healthy. That's what this is all about, and helping you find your way through this. You don't have to wait for it to end for you to be healthy, happier, um, you know, even calmer through this. You don't have to. You don't have to get this off of you for you to live a better quality of life. You can live a better quality of life while you're doing this. And we're going to spend some time talking about that today. One of the things we always have is our caregiver tip of the day. Our caregiver tip of the day will, uh, it's a little bit different today, John, but it is find something you love and do it while being a caregiver. Now, some of you say, well, I love being a caregiver. Well, yeah, I get that. Okay. That novelty is going to wear off after a couple of decades. You well, know? and even even in those couple of decades, you're still doing it because you you have some sort of love for it. But that's not what we're talking about. This is, no. this is something, this is extracurriculars. Right. Find something you love, that you love to do. And in my case, I love music. And John, you like music, but you like, I do. You, you, you like calligraphy too. I and, do. Thank and you. you yeah. And you have John. I'm not, I'm not talking about just he likes to just kind of write and sign his name, you know, and, and like practicing autographs. I mean, he has all kinds of nibs and, and you collect antique ones, too, don't you? I do. I uh, uh, well, we talk about the flea market a lot here. Uh, the flea market is a strange. <laughs> We're going to venture place. into nerddom now at any moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a set but, of uh, Klingon nibs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're fantastic. You have to, if you're writing an opera, there's really no substitute. <laughs> Klingon nibs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's something really wrong with you. No, but there's there's a lot of th- there's things. Uh, you uh, you gave me something wonderful once, uh, and that was my my favorite psalm. It was a play skillfully, play skillfully. Thirty three, yeah. Psalm thirty three three. Which, by the way, our guest today. That's something that wouldn't register. But, you know, music, of course, music, you and I both love music. I I, I got to um, play yesterday. I was asked to play for a funeral out here uh, for a longtime cowboy. He's 89 mm-hmm. years old, and he had been in this valley here for a lifetime. And a local rancher, and uh, the family asked me to play. And I accompanied uh, a young lady who sang for it. And it was, um, and she was wonderful. She's just a really wonderful young singer. And her parents had asked me to, if I would play, and we did. It was a kind of a Western song that the family wanted to hear, and we kind of slowed it down and did it real nice. And at the very end of it, because at at the front of the church, and I'm, I'm broadcasting from the church now temporarily while we, um, where I serve as a music minister here in, in 
Southwest Montana, and they had uh, at the church they had a um, a saddle and his hat and his boots and his belt buckle. I mean, his lariat. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was on display, uh, and it was just really meaningful. I mean, it was it was a part of Americana that we just were, were losing. But at the very end of the song, and I hit the the tonic of the song, the the, the main chord of the song. For those who don't know music that well, and I hit it, and I, and I just kind of rolled up to the top of the keyboard, and then I went. Da, 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 da. Happy trails oh, to you. That's good. And, I, and, and I was, you know, but that's something that just energizes me is to participate in music. And I want, I want as many caregivers as possible to uh, it, it really push yourself to find something you love doing, that you truly love doing, and, and do it. You don't have to go out and do it on a big stage or anything like that. It can be just, it could be gardening, it like, could be writing a poem, something that just gets those creative beauty just, juices going. Yeah, just the, and the, the thing that you you enjoy. Uh, you know, I I I generally liken this to creating something more than than other things. Like gardening is a is a productive act, or calligraphy is a productive act. You're you're making a thing out of or music and things like that. But it can be other things too. It can be. Um, you you like working at the soup kitchen or you know whatever you know but p- find a thing that you love that's outside of your your normal thing that's that yeah that's a- away from caregiving and if you can't leave where you are leave it you know somewhat emotionally if you will i mean you know like yeah. you know work in the garage and and do some woodworking or like, something yeah oh, woodworking is the best you're going to smell great it's and, yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that cologne? It's it's maple <laughs> sawdust. Yes, <laughs> <It's> sawdust <laughs> by Fabergé. Like, um, but anyway, listen. I'm, Brazilian rosewood. <laughs> Brazilian rosewood. Well, I've got two very special guests on the show. Right on. And and they and these are longtime friends of mine. I was going to say and, favorites of mine as well. Well, and these are this is a very special month. This is National Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and my friend Greg Tornquist and his son Aaron Tornquist are on the phone right now with us, and we're going to talk about this. And uh, Aaron, are you there? Yes, Well, I'm oh. glad to hear from you. Greg, are you there? I am. Greg and Aaron are joining us, and Aaron is um, – Aaron, you're 40 years old now, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm 41 now. 41. My mistake, Aaron. I'm sorry. 41 years old, and uh, you have you have Down syndrome – and you live a very, very exciting life, and uh, you are um, – tell us a little bit. One of the things that you love to do will surprise a lot of people. What is what is something you really love doing, Aaron? Uh, all my life, I would stick with the things I've been doing, my Elvis stuff I'm still doing. Now, um, when you say your Elvis stuff, you're not an Elvis imitator. You are an Elvis – Tribute artist. Tribute yeah. artist. And you have you have multiple Elvis costumes and outfits, right? Yes, I do. Now, how did you get into to being an Elvis tribute artist? Well, when I first started back in 1992, I was 15 years old, and my mom, working for the place called Yellow Rose Music, they brought home a suit for me to wear. She took my picture with. Now, which which suit was it? And it was the uh, black, um, some kind of black skirt with a lightning bolt and gold 
big buckle, and I was pulling on a microphone. Well, you've been in that whole Elvis tribute artist mode ever since. Yes, yes. And you have, well, you have multiple, multiple, multiple suits, correct? Yes, yes, I do. What's your favorite? I like the suit when Elvis brought back in 1950s and 1956. So you're old. You're the older Elvis. I mean, the young Elvis, uh, way back in uh, when he was uh, young, thin, and rock and roll. Yes, I am. So you don't. You're not really into the capes and the rhinestones and the big collars much, are you? No, I still have that suit. Still, still too. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have the whole, the whole. Do you? Do you, you have, have the, the big sunglasses? There. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, Greg, let me talk to Aaron. If you don't mind, I'm going to talk to your your dad for just a minute, okay? Okay, he's on the phone too. Okay, well, Greg, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm great. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Our, our caregiver tip of the day was about finding something you love to do. You don't have to wait to stop being a caregiver. You do it while you're being a caregiver. Well, and John just quoted his favorite verse that I gave him, which was Psalm 33. Finish it up for me, Greg. Psalm 33.3 3 is sing to the Lord a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. Well, and see, that's John John loves that verse, but you actually have, I think, a publishing company about about that. You That's a big, important verse to you, and you kind of uh, pressed that on to me many, many years ago to really do this well and, and play skillfully. But you are a, 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 you are a longtime musician. I mean, you were like a rock and roller in the 60s and all that kind of stuff. And you've you've maintained all of that through your journeys. Now you're as a single father with a son with Down syndrome, and it's um, but you have not stopped creating. Tell us about your new project that you've got and the awards and so forth. Well, you're right. I um, I think the, the important one of the the thing that jumps out of Psalm thirty three three to me is sing a new song. Um, not that we're not supposed to love the golden oldies, but, you know, new songs mean fresh love and keeping it daily, uh, a daily relationship with the Lord. And the, but the new project I'm working on is actually something I've been working on for over a decade. It's called Mississippi, the musical. It's a full two-hour dance and, uh, and song musical, uh, and we participated with the New York Musical Festival this summer. In July, we won the New York Musical Festival, the best of fest. And uh, now we're looking at other opportunities uh, that will hopefully lead us eventually to Broadway. Um, and I, and I, I support the idea of caregivers following their own unique passions because you can't just let your life be subsumed by the person you're giving care to you also have to maintain your own sanity and your own passions and your own and your own love. And for me, that love is writing, and that's now expressed in the musical Mississippi, the musical. Well, and this thing won best of the fest in New York. That's right. I mean that that's that's amazing. And and you've been writing for a long time, and you've written a lot of songs, and uh, um, and you and I've written together. And, and it's, it's, but it's, you know, you didn't set out to write best of the fest in New York. You just set out to keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And, and I think here it is, you've been, a, you've been serving as a, uh, as a caregiver for a long time. I mean, your Aaron is your son. It's and and, and you guys have a fabulous relationship and, and all that, but you've kept that uniqueness of who you are musically throughout this entire journey. 
And um, do you... I, if I lost myself in this process of being a caregiver, then I wouldn't really have much to offer Aaron. It's sort of like when you're flying on a plane, they say, put on your mask before, for oxygen before you put on your children's mask. It uh, seems counterproductive, but it, uh, it's the only way it really works. And for, and for me, that passion has always been writing uh, various kinds of music uh, and stories, and I'm working on a play as well. So, yeah, writing is, is – I'm a writer. Writers write. People are always asking, how do I get started writing? I said, write something. You know, just write. If you're a writer, you will write. And I've been writing for decades now and have had success in, all, in a lot of different genres. So I'm very fortunate, feel very fortunate to have found something that I can do for my entire life. Well, I remember years ago, something you did really stuck with me. And it's going to sound kind of you know, odd, but to me it made a big impact. And it was after church, and you had been leading music, and you were restringing your guitar. And you looked at me and you said, this is something I treat myself to, um, to be able to do new strings on my guitar and to spend that kind of time with my instrument after church and so forth. That's just kind of your thing. I, I don't know. Do you even remember saying that? No. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but I, guess it, what I, my, I guess my point was I'm serving in that capacity, then I'm going to, then for me, my reward will be, <laughs> the music itself, which for me was uh, at the time was the guitar, yeah, and, and, I, and that always well, well that always stuck with me, and and this is this is something you did. I do this for me. It helps me become a better musician. It helps me yeah. better organize my thoughts. And as a caregiver, we 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 it's important for us to take those moments. We don't need to simply put our life on hold. And and I see this with too many people. They'll say, well, well, we'll just wait till such and such, you know, either mom gets better or goes on to be with Jesus or whatever, and then we'll get on with our lives. And, you know, particularly, I think, with special needs children, uh, you you have to you have to carve out a life, period, no matter what's going on. And you've kind of helped model that for me over the many, many years. Um, you also said something about uh, uh, just how your life has changed in your understanding of 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 life and music and everything else and your relationship with Aaron. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, with Aaron, ooh, where to start? Uh, when Aaron was born 41 years ago, it was common for hospitals to suggest to the parents not to even take the children home because uh, – they and the life expectancy for Aaron when he was born was 25. Now the life expectancy for Down syndrome in the United States is 60. That remarkable change is because parents didn't go with the doctor's advice of just turning their children, their babies, their infants over to the state where they would slowly expire. But uh, with Aaron now, it's a it's a marathon. It's Surprising us with the, how uh, well he's doing, not only with uh, Elvis tribute artist, but when he was bo- he's a bowler. He's in, he won Special Olympics bowling here this in Tennessee last year. His high game was two thirty three. For those of you who know bowling, that's hard to do. That that's about like my golf game. <laughs> I'm happy if I crack a hundred, man. That's great. And, that's... And, and he, and 
uh, he works as a busboy in a nearby pizza place called Bricks uh, and uh, works during the lunch hour there, Monday through Friday. He's excelling at that. He's had the same relationship with his girlfriend for 25 years. She's also a woman with Down syndrome, and uh, they have been technically engaged for about 10 years. But uh, there's so, yes, he does have a full life. A lot of people listening may have be caring for folks whether the person they're caring for does not have a full life, and my heart goes out to them. Even still, it's important for the caregiver himself or herself to take care of themselves because if you just put everything into the one and, and deny yourself, then then they're going to need, they're going to require something down the road that you won't be able to give them because you're exhausted because you didn't take care of yourself. So I just encourage everyone who's giving care to also take time for themselves. It's not being selfish. It's being smart. Aaron, let me ask you a question. Okay. When, when your dad won this award at the New York uh, Best of Fest, this film festival, I mean, this uh, this festival he yeah. was uh, – Musical, yeah. You know uh, how did that? How did that make you feel? Makes me feel I've been amazed. And I'm so happy for him. I've been praying for him. I'm a, I was hey, he was he was in New York for a while. And I was here. I was in my prayer room praying, hope he win this thing. But I hope he did win it. And I was saying that Mississippi is by the time I was at the Jewish Center. Well, and this is, yeah, he's been working on this for some time. And, and, uh, do you feel like, um, uh, he's got more musicals in him to write? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good writer. He's a very, he's a very good writer. And, uh, I know you're, I know you're proud of him and, uh, you know, Greg, I got to tell you, I mean, here you are, you've been writing a long time and to get, when you told me about this award and, and I thought, I mean, that is really something. I mean, you know, it, I, you know what, we've known each other, I don't know what, 30 years and uh, yeah. more than, more than 30 years. Um, mm-hmm. You were, you were there when I walked out with our son Parker, who's 31 now, I walked out carrying him and you were right there as I came out the door and I was holding Parker to show Ed, you, you, and you were standing right there and you looked at me and you said, what you got there, Peter? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've known each other a long time, and you're writing, and, you know, you've had in the back of your mind certain things you were writing and so forth, but to do this, and I, I think it just says it, it, it models so much for fellow caregivers that, you know what, you just keep doing it. Like you said, writers write. You keep doing it. You keep writing. You, you expand yourself. You push yourself musically, and I'm not going to tell people how old you are, but you've been doing this for a while. And here you are. You're still achieving. You're still you're still breaking new ground for I'm yourself. Not, yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm 71 years old. Um, I never expected that it, it. I've been retired for 12 or 13 years, but not from writing. And I didn't expect this to happen, but it, it did. And now we're uh, now I, there's actors in New York, and producer, and a director, and a musical director, and stage managers, and all kinds of people in my life. And uh, it's a blessing for me. I mean, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed participating in the New York Musical Festival, and it was great that we won. Well, that is but just awesome. The reason, that is not the reason that I was writing it. And, 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 and 
without uh, it, it, even it, it, regardless if we want or not, I would still be working on it. it, it the, well, yeah, I mean, it's my like goal you said, is not to, to win a, a New York musical festival. My goal is to have the the show on stage, uh, and so people can get the message of the show. And the message of the show basically is even though it's set in 1959 in racist Mississippi, the, ba- the, the theme of the show is together we can make a difference and love is supreme. Love has to be the way. Love has to be the way. You know, that's, I, I love that. And, and if people wanted to find out more about this show, how would they do it? Well, they just Google yeah, you can just Google Mississippi the musical, all one word, and a, a very elaborate website comes up with uh, all kinds of stuff on it. All right, well, and, I'll, and I'll link to it on this podcast. How about that? All right. Well, that's, that would be wonderful. Well, listen, we got to go. Aaron? Yeah? Thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your dad with us. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate this. October is National Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and Greg Tarnquist and his son Aaron joining us to talk a little bit about that. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, We've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. How do you feel? Is your body sluggish? How about your mind? What about sleeping? Is that difficult for you? When you had your last physical, what did you learn about your health? Should you lose weight? If you're like so many caregivers, those are hard questions. You didn't get here overnight, and you won't change it overnight. But there are steps you can take starting today. Find more information at AHealthierLifeForYou.com. That's AHealthierLifeForYou.com. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. We are so glad to have you with us. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-655-6755, 877-655-6755. We'll try to get to uh, some calls a little bit later here. John, I, I just I love that with Greg calling in and just that he's, you know, had this musical that he's done that one, you know, 
best over there in New York. I mean, it's not like it was best in Sheboygan. I mean, it was best in New York. And, um, you know, it's uh, nothing, nothing that's wrong with the Sheboygan. I don't want to get any. Yeah, yeah. That, don't, we don't want any angry letters. I got to answer every one of those. You know that, right? <laughs> yes, like, that's, your, that's your official job. But official no, I, I love that. And that and I, I think that's what we want caregivers to understand is that you can indeed have a meaningful life and, and, uh, and activities that you pursue that have deep personal value to you even while serving as a caregiver. You do not have to wait to stop serving as a caregiver before that happens. Not only and that, these things are necessary. They like are you, you necessary. Can, you, can have, you can have a, a full and rich life, but not only can you, you, you should have a full and rich life outside uh, yes. of, of being a caregiver. Well, it's like your, your, your life is a Venn diagram, and there's bits of it that are, that are for being a caregiver, but there's more to it than just that. Um, that might not be the best metaphor but you know there you, it is how do you spell venn diagram v-e-n-n <laughs> space yeah. look all right if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with me I mean, <laughs> and, and i am the, oh and then then i then then please go ahead just go ahead it's, <laughs> it's what i it's what i do um no i, I think you're right and I, we've talked about this for many years it's not something that is it really is a luxury we think of it as such and and so therefore we put it off but I say to you that you'll be bit better as a caregiver when your heart's in a better place. It's like Greg said, you know, he has more to offer Aaron now because he is in a better place himself, professionally, now, musically, yeah. spiritually, physically, financially. You know, and all those things work together for us. Yeah, it's not the zero-sum game where, like, you're taking away from one so you can give it to another and nothing is is, is gained from that. It's... You, you can't just do all or one, all of one or all of the other and there's just there's uh, you have to find the proper balance of things that makes everything work as greater than the sum of its parts um, I agree it's a roundabout way of saying it <laughs> I agree. well and and this is what we want fellow caregivers to understand and this is why we do the show and um, you you find those things that really speak to your heart and um, and, and do them. And, and if you don't, what you'll find is, is that you, the resentment will kick in. And I learned a long time ago as a pianist um, that it's very hard to play a piano with clenched fist. It, I, and I, I struggled with the concept of this thing of somehow that I've got to have everything orderly in my life before I start doing things of beauty or value or whatever to me. And I've, or sometimes I felt like I had to control those things, and that was even worse for me as a caregiver. Uh, is that because I was, I was, it was, it's a false sense of control. You cannot control these things, and and I embarrassingly and cringingly look back at things that I was trying to just muscle to the ground. And um, I, I remember I was at a rodeo here this summer, John, and I I watched one of the activities they had where a um, a, a the guys would run, rush out of the chute and then leap off a perfectly good running horse onto a running steer, <laughs> and they would wrestle it to the ground. Oh, okay, okay. You um, you by the way, you got a lot of static on your on your end on that. But um, I, I was uh, sorry about that. But I just thought you might want to know there, John. But I was I was watching these guys do this, and and they get, they did they leapt off of a perfectly good horse. 
and they hurled themselves onto a erratic running steer that had horns. And I'm thinking, well, this is just whereas I, I can I can understand the the um not sport was not the right word, but the challenge of it all to be able to successfully do such a thing and get up without having broken bones. Yet I I could not help but see the parallel in the life of a caregiver. And we caregivers tend to try to leap onto things and and wrestle to the ground that we really don't need to be doing so because we're going to get hurt and we're going to hurt others. And there, that's part of our journey as caregivers is that we are um, to learn what we need to back off of. We don't have to muscle everything hardcore with us. And and I was doing that and, and I, I thought, okay, I got to go. Um, I've, I've got to go do this. And and then I've got to put this in a containment so that I can go do this and this. And, and, and that whole, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta versus I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like what Greg said, he didn't set out to write a, an award-winning musical. He just wrote. And I've heard that before with in, in Nashville with many um, producers and so forth, when they would say, you know, what do we do? Uh, how do how do I become a writer? Well, you write, <laughs> you know, you write, and um, so it's uh, uh, th- those are things that that as caregivers find that thing that you do that really stirs in your heart and does what 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 you're hoping will give you some oxygen into your soul, and you desperately need it. You desperately need it. Uh, it, it's bec- because if you don't, you're, you're, you're running on fumes. And then how does that help you as a caregiver? You tracking with me? 877-655-6755. Hey, I do need to ask a favor. 877. I got to say this slower. John told me to say slower. Slower. Uh, no, 877-655-6755. But I do need to ask you a favor before we get to the phones. I need some knees. I need some knees. All right. Now, explain let me explain. Yourself, let me explain. Um, <laughs> explain yourself, sir. When Gracie gave up her legs after trying to save them for years after her horrible wreck back in 1983, um, she had this incredible vision to put prosthetic legs on her fellow amputees. And that's what she does. We do this through an organization called Standing with Hope that she founded. And what happens is, is we collect used prosthetic limbs from around the country. They go to a Tennessee prison run by our friends at Core Civic. And Core Civic, uh, they have multiple facilities all around the country. And this is one of their many faith-based programs. And inmates volunteer, volunteer to be able to disassemble these legs in a special shop inside the prison. And what happens is that we can recycle virtually every part of the leg except the socket. That's where it's actually custom molded to that patient. But everything else can be recycled. Pylons, screws, adapters, feet, connectors, and knees. And so if you know someone that... Um, has been an amputee for a while, they probably have got extra legs that they've grown out of that they don't use anymore. Or maybe you know somebody's in the funeral home business and families come to them all the time and they don't know what to do with it. Please don't let them bury those things. Please don't let them, you know, throw them away. 
we can help somebody else walk. And what we'll do is we'll take those parts and send them over to West Africa, and then we will use them to build a brand-new prosthetic leg for patients there who are waiting to walk. And we're, we, just, we just need knees. Now, normally th- towards the end of the year, part of the last quarter, we get a lot of these legs and, and arms. We'll take arms too, but mostly legs uh, that come in. But we're asking just for an extra push, okay? Standingwithhope.com. Standingwithhope.com. You can go out and see a little bit more. Would you share it on your social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, LinkedIn? Share it with people. Say, hey, look, this is something. Uh, push this out because people don't know what to do with these devices after their loved one has passed away or maybe they've outgrown them or something. Kids go through a lot of them. Gracie's been through a lot of legs in her 28 years as a 20, yeah, 28 years as an amputee. And so those are things that I would be, I I just, we would really appreciate that. If while you're there and if you want to help be a part of the ministry, please, this is a good time to, to get involved with this tax deductible gift. You can sponsor this radio show. You can sponsor a limb. You can sponsor resin. I know that doesn't sound very sexy to sponsor, but resin is a big part of what we do. We have to buy this and it's expensive, but that's how you make these sockets. So it's a great work that uh, Gracie envisioned after uh, she she stepped into the world, if you'll pardon the pun, of being an amputee, and uh, and she's she's an extraordinary individual, and I'd love for you to read her story and uh, and hear her music and hear the things that she's done with it as well. All right, I, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, John. Stand by. I'm going to take a call that I'm very oh, no. un, uncertain about, and uh, but we're going to go for it. And Ed, you stand close by with that button. <laughs> We know this person. I do know this person, and I saw the notes on there, and I thought, okay, I do know this person. Lisa Dale, all right, what do you got? <laughs> Go ahead, Lisa. We're all waiting. Hear me? I, oh, oh, honey, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure, you see. My <laughs> voice doesn't often carry well, I've noticed. But, uh, oh, no, it's, I carried, it's carried I, very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wasn't I, I wasn't planning on doing Aunt Ruby because you know I don't want to embarrass her anything. And thank and, you for that. And thank you for that. Yeah, I just I just wanted you to know who it was. Now oh, we, a we, couple of things. I, we huh? have your pic. We have your picture up on the call screening software. We know who it is. <laughs> oh great. Uh, anyway, I, I had a, Peter. First of all, we miss you in Nashville. I just like knowing you guys were nearby. Really? Well, um, we're, we're yeah. sort of still close. Okay. Well, you've got to just let me know when you guys are in town. Um, please. Uh, now, don't avoid me because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to let me know. But I, I had a couple of comments, okay? Um, for Greg, I wanted to say that I am really tickled that that he has written this musical because – Years ago, he and Carol had written um, a Christmas musical, or it wasn't really a musical, it was like a program thing um, that we did at church. And there's a song on there called, Was It a Night Like Tonight? I remember and that I remember song. Telling, you remember that? I do. Gorgeous. And um, I remember telling Greg, this sounds like it should be in a musical. And it really, it really does. So the fact that he's doing that, uh, that's kind of a full circle thing. I think it's wonderful. Um, and by the way, 
I, I turned this on kind of, you know, you, you, you guys were already going. I immediately recognized Greg's voice. Um, and I'm, I'm just thrilled for him. Well, and, and, then and the you know, other- he's done all of this as a single parent of a special needs mm-hmm. child. And, and right. Aaron is now 41 years old. So this is not a I short-term can't believe he's 41. issue. Well, I know. And it's not a short-term issue. So I think I, what I hope yeah. this will be is inspiring to a lot of caregivers out there. You know what? The journey can be long. And it, mm-hmm. has, not been, it has not been easy for Greg or Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, uh, but at the same time, he's still productive and right. creative and still doing stuff. He's still punching through. Now, Aaron doesn't suffer. The way some people suffer with things, uh, Aaron has, has, has tries to be a little bit more independent. Like Greg said, he has a very full, rich life. But at the same right. time, these things weigh heavy on him that, you know, Greg is getting older and, and Aaron's getting older. And, okay, what what's going to happen next? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And who's going right. to be around. But, right. but at the same time, he lives life in the moment, not out in fear, and he does it. So, anyway, but I, I jumped in there. But go ahead. Keep going. Well, no, no Aaron's always had an amazing capacity uh, for love and and um i i just i used to watch him some when he was little and i tell you what a more caring child there could not be um but yes it does have its challenges and uh speaking speaking personally um for me i was a caregiver for five or six years the full-time caregiver for my um my mother naomi and my stepfather, Gil, and she passed uh, a little over two years ago. He passed about a year and a half ago. But uh, one of the things that I, I still hope that people will discuss and keep in the forefront are, you know, Greg was talking about how you do keep that balance. I found it really difficult to be creative when I was in the midst of of caring for them. And and finding that balance is easier said than done sometimes, depending on the personality types uh, of those for whom we care, you know. Um, and for others that are out there in a similar situation, perhaps, um, where can folks go and who can they reach out to when they find themselves in the position of caring for someone who uh, has been abusive to them their entire life, that was a that was a difficult place uh, to to you know in which to be. I, I get um, that, and and I think that yeah. the first thing I, I want people to know there is there are places you can go uh, when you have right. somebody who is treating you poorly whether it's emotionally mm-hmm. or physically. Um, and mm-hmm. I would recommend you start off. One of the things you'll hear me say regularly on this show is when's the last time you saw your doctor. Okay. And then right. you start with your own physician and who can then offer you a referral to some type of counselor, mental health counselor of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it's a social worker or licensed mental health counselor, somebody that you can say these things to who can then point you to a place of safety. That's why I do this show right. as well to do that. But I want to go back to what you said, writing in the midst of these things and being creative in the midst of it and doing something of joy like that. We're, 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 we're focusing a little bit more on songwriting right now and, and that, kind right. Of, that kind of discipline. But the principle applies right. across the board. But you said something to me years and years and years ago. You're a songwriter. You've been a songwriter for a very long time. Your mother was a very, very successful songwriter as well. Right. And, um, but you said something a long time ago. It's, like, it's a muscle. Writing is a muscle. 
You probably, I don't even right. know if you remember telling me that, but you, you did. And I, I did think pay I attention. Do, actually, I did yeah. pay attention to you. I just want you to know I did pay attention to you. Oh, wow. I don't do that <laughs> often, wonderful. and please don't use that as a precedent. I'm just, <laughs> I'm I, just I, 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 I mean, I do see you. I see your eyes kind of drift off and wander sometimes <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm talking, but I they can spin, see that. They spin so. counterclockwise. And, uh, That's right. <laughs> no, but you said something. Writing is a muscle. You don't sit there and necessarily write and say, okay, like Greg said, I didn't set out to write a hit musical. I set out to write something right. that I cared about. And no matter what's going on, just keep writing. Just Correct. keep right. writing. Just keep doing mm-hmm. it. And in my mm-hmm. case, I, I, there were sometimes I would sit down at the piano and I just didn't feel like I could do anything. But I, I forced myself mm-hmm. to sit at the piano and play something. You know, sometimes right. you're playing chopsticks, you know, whatever. But it, it, you're doing sure. something that is getting it out of your system. And it may not be mm-hmm. great. It may not be perfect. But th- that's not the point. The point is to work that muscle because exactly. the more you do it, the stronger you get. So I did pay attention to you when you said that years ago. Huh. Write that, <laughs> write that down. Have you paid anything else I said? No. I doubt it. But that's okay. <laughs> no. Is, no, that's, I didn't pay that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and I, uh, you know, so it's awesome that Greg has been able to do that. Now I'm I'm doing so now, and um, you know, are you I'm writing now? From, I am writing like a banshee, and um, um, how do, how do you know, banshees all of that write, has to come out. Huh? What? How do banshees what? write? I don't know. They scream a lot while they're doing it. Loudly. But no, and also I am responsible now for. Um, mom's catalog and uh it's been interesting to you know start stepping my toe and then my feet and then my legs back in the water creatively as i as i work that catalog you know she signed blake shelton to his first publishing deal so we have a few of of uh, his songs in there that um which is a great great template to to work uh within to work and um so yes i am finally able i mean all that stuff that goes on internally it's it's going to come out some somehow and you know uh, going back to it being a muscle that's just so so true um i think i was just mentally and physically so exhausted mainly mentally that I just found it hard to get to that place. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that it's still there. You know, well, you, I'm, I'm you glad know, you was, didn't publish some of the songs you wrote during that time. Otherwise, because I don't know how you sing crap, 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 crap all day long. Darn I it, mean, darn how it, do, darn it. How do you, how do you actually make music to that? I don't know. And, I, and, but I you know what? Know, it, 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 I can't believe this is my life. And, no, <laughs> this no, really listen, but but you know what? To all okay, the caregivers that yeah. are listening right now, please yeah. understand that's a port, an important part of the journey too to get that stuff out because it's already there. Sure. Let's let's get sure. it out. You don't have to publish right. it. You don't have to pitch it to to a record company. You know you don't no. have to go out there if you like gardening. You don't have to, to to go out there and trim all your bushes to say swear words words in the front yard. You know you right. don't have to do these right. things. But what, what I'm you, sorry, I'm over here vigorously taking notes on my next. <laughs> but but what you but but what you you do have to do for your own sanity is get it out, get it out. Correct. Whatever it is, right. if you if you want to get in your work a woodworking shop and do it, if you like to, I got a friend of mine who is a big knitter. 
I mean, she loves knitting. I mean, she's got right. uh, she, she, the, the the she goes to the tomb of the unknown knitter. I mean, she is she's really into it, and 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 you know, but that's how she does it, and and that's how she processes a lot of things, and and whatever it works that floats your boat on it, your heart deserves to have that outlet, and I'm glad to hear that you're yeah, writing absolutely. some more. Oh yeah, and and you know, and I'm writing um, I'm writing more by myself. I mean, I always co-write, but. Uh, What's interesting is I, I always felt a little insecure writing by myself because mom was such a great lyricist, you know, and um, I'm finding that if I just kind of put that to the side, right, I'm capable of, you know, doing more than I had given myself credit for in the past. And, and I do thank God for that. And, you know, as far as getting it out, if we don't, it can take root, and we don't want that. You don't want um, any kind of negativity to simmer there for too long. And I, I do need to add that if I had it to do all over again, I would do the same thing. I am thankful that I was able to care for Mama and my stepfather, Papa Gill, and give them what they needed in their last years of life. Yes, it was hard. It was harder than I could have ever imagined. But there were there were blessings in the midst of that. Um, and one can come out on the other side stronger. Um, but but yeah. So I am working more, and and I'm thankful for that. But. Yeah, it's just to all of you that are out there that are still in the moment, you're going to get through it. You're going to be okay. But do reach out. Don't, please don't keep it to yourself. Do reach out. And others that are listening, please make sure you ask about the caregiver. I am ashamed to admit that in all the years that I've known Peter and Gracie, for the longest time, I never asked how you were, Peter. It was always. How's Gracie? How's Gracie? How's Gracie? And yes, that's important, but you know, the person who's doing the caregiving needs to know they're being thought about as well. Well, that means a lot, Lisa. I really do appreciate no, it. No, really. Well, I, I, I mean it. I'm serious. I do appreciate yeah. it. And uh, it, it means a lot. And uh, it's, it is the journey. And um, that's why I do the show. That's why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. That's why I do all the things that I do is to design to help this family caregiver get stronger. And Lisa, I appreciate you taking the time to call. I got to sign out, but I oh, do. A, yeah. But uh, thank you for calling and thank you for listening. And, and it means a lot. Um, you know, this is why we do what we do. If, if you as a caregiver are not in a good place and you're struggling and this thing is getting, is going south on you, how is that going to help your loved one? You got to keep that in your mind. You got to keep that in, in your headspace, right up in front of your headspace. It's not selfish. It's healthy. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. The book is called Hope for the Caregiver. The show is called Hope for the Caregiver. The free podcast is Hope for the Caregiver. It's all about helping you hang on to that, that you really can get to a place of safety where you can start making healthier decisions for your life. And you know what? God hasn't forgotten you in this. He truly gets this. And he's going to meet you in it. 
right in the middle of it. And you can be stronger, healthier, and dare I say it, a little bit more joyful. Go out to Hope for the Caregiver for more information. We'll see you next week. This is Peter Roseberger. Thanks for joining us. Stay healthy. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. My Facebook Live cut out in the middle of it, and then every time you came on, John, it was staticky. Was there? Is that, is now, it still right now, now, right now. Hang on, hang on. What's going on here? Because I'm not hearing anything like that. Every time you speak, and I hear static like, in the, a little bit in the background, but every time you make a sound, it, I hear static. Do you hear it, Ed? All right, hang on. Something's wrong with my computer, though. I'm, what I'm about such What about now? You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet, boxes of them and so forth. And I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that Core Civic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb, and that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to stadywithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there 
We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be. And we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do. And that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand, lean on me, we will stay.